Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Bite Show podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Lawman Lamont, standing in for, like, everybody. But luckily, a special treat for you all tonight. From my podcasting past, uh, one of the greats, one, actually one of my really favorite all-time podcasters, uh, who I've had the pleasure to, uh, to work with in the past and who has kindly volunteered to step in tonight with me as co-host, one Sean Kirkland. Hey, it's me, noted podcast heel, Sean Kirkland. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. A C-list celebrity from the internet of, like, 2005. Uh, it's, it's Sean. Uh, so, Sean and I go back to the old tech gaming podcast. Um, I, don't, I don't know how many of our listeners know, but the reason that we lean on Robert Desert Eagle Allen's website is because I actually was on his podcast for a while, and that's where I met Sean, and, and uh, we were awesome there. We yeah. were real awesome. Yeah, we really were. <laughs> it was it was like the days of Numenor, and now the, the 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 days of men are past, and now what we've got is the Game Bite Show, and uh, this is this is it. So it, it's uh, it's the age of Sigmar for for I know you had a lot of Warhammer fans in there. So <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right, no doubt. I want to I want you to talk about your proclivities a little bit because we on the Tech Gaming Show we had kind of a um, we, we had games that we talked about. We also had an anime thing, and you know I kind of I kind of had my particular angle on it, but I, I don't remember your I, I, like like is is that your wheelhouse? Is that where you? It, it, it kind of is. So I, I, my, my role in tech gaming podcast was definitely anti-anime, but I think that was mostly just uh, anti-moe, which was kind of our, right. our bag. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, it's funny. Uh, you know, I have, I've, I've got a one-year-old now, and when she was born, uh, you know, you have a lot of time to, to watch whatever while you're feeding them. Uh, and and I watched a lot of Gundam. That's that's what I was into for, for a while. <laughs> well, uh, that's uh, that's fine with me. Uh, Gundam Gundam never really was my thing, but um, you know, Sean, Sean definitely brings I think a, a little bit more of, of that kind of flavor to it. I I think I was basically full on a conscientious objector yeah. Of, uh, yeah. of all that stuff. So, but you know, I, I liked it when it was good. But you know, it's very rare. It's like that much good as opposed to like that much anime. So for, for those of you, uh, uh, for those of you listening, be that much good was it was very close fingers together. It was very small, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so like like the the violin, you know, bleed. My heart bleeds for you. Uh, so Sean Sean volunteered. Uh, you know, I've actually it's real exciting to have you on here again because it, it it's taken me back. Actually, I had I had uh, I had far fewer gray hairs uh, at that time, and uh, so it's it's good to have you on here, Sean. Thank you very much for for stepping up. No problem, anytime. Uh, the other thing Sean is really good at is talking. Sean is real good at talking about them video games, yeah. and uh, that's what we're gonna do tonight on this very special episode of the Game Bite Show. And uh, as a, a gracious and thankful host, uh, I think I would like to begin the proceedings by asking you, Sean, uh, what have you been playing for uh, the last little bit? You know, for, for the last little bit, I, I've been playing uh, for the for the last five years. <laughs> yeah, that, well, five years ago. Uh, no, actually, if you want to get yeah. into that, uh, five years ago when I stopped recording, I did this thing where uh, uh, I. I wanted to stop spending so much money on video games, so I made a pact with myself that I wasn't going to play anything that I didn't plan on finishing. And I kept track of every game that I finished and every game that I started and didn't finish uh, so I could guilt right, myself. Right. It was really funny when I started doing that and I kept my list. I think the most games I finished in a year was like 27. Wow. Uh, and I think this year I'll be lucky to get four. <laughs> Yeah, that's the reason I don't keep track, is if my list is real big, I start to wonder what I'm doing with my life. If my list is real small, I start to wonder, like, what am I doing with my free time? Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. But uh, the one I've been wor- I've been plugging away at is uh, Dragon Quest XI. And uh, I gotta say, it's 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 timely now again, because uh, all those Switch fans are, are playing it. Uh, the demo just yeah, so, so this is the one, if I recall correctly, this came out on the, what, PlayStation 4 and... 
PC, yes. was it? Wasn't that the one that had like the weird box that like had both versions of it or something? Uh, or it well, was like 3DS. In, in Japan, there was a 3DS version and the 3DS version and the PS4 version had cross That's save. what it was. And they came in a big sword box Yeah, or exactly, like that, right? exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah but I'm yeah. playing the PS4 version and it's funny because so... Uh, it, I don't know how much Dragon Quest I need to explain because it's it's a Dragon Quest game. Uh, and this one's kind of the spiritual successor to Dragon Quest VIII, uh, which I think mm-hmm, is a mm-hmm. lot of people's favorite. Um, Very roundly praised, I think. Even the mobile version of that was good. Yeah, that's actually, was right. uh, it was funny. When I played through eight, I had access to all three versions and the mobile one's the one I actually finished. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I actually like the mobile version a lot. I think a lot of people give it a hard time because you play it in profile mode or uh, portrait mode, but I, I like it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and, and you get, uh, I actually like that because you could do it one handed and I was like shopping for clothes and it was like, Dad, can we get that? Yeah, that's fine. I'm like <laughs> auto running all over the place. I loved it. It was great. Yeah, um, but the, the, the thing about uh, eight that, that got me is that eight is such a great story from beginning to end. And then there's an epilogue. Uh, and a lot of people say like the epilogue's the best part. You learn about the character, yada, yada, yada. But for me, that, that mm-hmm. story from beginning to end was really good that I never really bothered with the epilogue. Like there was there wasn't any, there weren't any questions that that I had that I felt like I needed answered. I didn't need the hero's backstory and everything. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, yeah. I'm up to that point in 11 where I'm about to, to get to the end boss and roll credits. And I know that epilogue's in that one too. It's, it's like a mm-hmm. 60 hour epilogue or something like that. Uh, and, and this one, it's kind of a weird point because I've, I've already put in my 80 hours. There wasn't much <laughs> of a quest there in this one. So now oh, I'm no. wondering like, am I going to have to do this? you know, 50, 60 hour epilogue to get anything out of this. I mean, it's a great game. Don't get me wrong. I've loved what I played. I don't feel like I wasted my time, but it's, it's definitely a game in three acts. And the first act is all you're the luminary. Uh, uh, You're going to figure out a quest at some point and then you get the quest. uh, And it's still kind of vague. You're like, Oh, there's a bad guy and you got to kill the bad guy because he's bad. And then you spend the next 30 hours getting to the point where you can go after the bad guy. And now you're there. And it's like, I don't really feel like I did anything. <laughs> yeah, like uh, this is a huge, this is a huge fetch quest. Well, let's roll it back for just a minute. So you say it's the spiritual successor to eight. I mean, is it is it like eight or is, I, I had heard or did I recall that there was like some kind of online component to this one? Or am I thinking of? I think you're thinking of ten. Thinking so of ten nine, was a was an MMO. 10, yeah. um, this this one it's, yeah. it's all single player. Uh, it, it it looks like a prettier version of eight. Uh, and in fact, yeah. when you start the game, you actually start out with the hero from eight's costume. Uh, Oh, yeah, so like the, it's like the Metal Gear Solid 2, like you're you're going to be snake. Yeah, kind of. It, it just no, it's, it's in your inventory. You can put it on if you want. Uh, one of the things they, they upgraded for the Switch version actually is if you like that costume, you can just keep it for the entire thing without it affecting your stats. Because as it is in the PS4 mm-hmm. version, it's like you can wear it for the first hour and then it's weak. So you don't want to yeah. wear it again. Uh, but in the Switch version, when you get a cool costume that changes your appearance, you can just say, that's what I want to look like for the rest of the game. And, and it'll stick. Uh, right right and and so the art style and everything is all it's, it's very um, similar they they added some things to make it feel a little more modern like you can run around during uh fights but they're still just the same old turn-based battles so during loading screens it'll say hey if you want to turn that off you don't it doesn't give you anything to run around you, you can just stay still it's fine <laughs> it doesn't help you dodge or anything right um right but it's, it's still very much a turn-based dragon quest game just like uh just like eight or five yeah sure and, and everybody's very Akira Toriyama looking like... Uh, yeah, I think this is the first Dra- one Ball. they've said that he... I mean, he, he had a, a hand in it, but I think uh, I think other people have started taking over for him a little bit. Uh, oh, that that's that's Japanese business code for he's dead, and uh, we're just... <laughs> they're, they're weekend burning him, so... 
Yeah, they <laughs> retired him like a replicant. Yeah, there are definitely some monsters in there that you're like, eh, I, I bet he didn't design that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I'm hearing it's, uh, you, you know, fairly Dragon Quest 80, oh, 8E, 8 hyphen Y. Uh, and I, I mean, other than that, is does it have anything? Is is it just like, hey, we we know you like the last ones, so we're doing this new one? Or did they try anything new? Any weird gimmicks? Uh, no, no, um, I can't really think of anything like I, that. Makes I'm making it sound like such a negative game. I love the game; it's it's great. Uh, but if you're, it's one of those. I mean, you said eighty hours. Yeah, right? yeah. It's, I, I mean, clearly, I'm getting something out of it. The characters are really great. I think um, one of the characters, Veronica, she's like the little girl character, which normally I would hate. Uh, she's one of my favorite characters in video games now. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I think the character wow. work they do there is really good. It's just like I said. That that's what happens when you become a dad. You're just I like, know. Love I don't want to. I don't want to spoil what happens to Veronica. Please don't ever say that again. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Oh no. Um, this is terrible. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I don't know. There's there's something about it that that works. But it, but my my thing about Dragon Quest games is I feel like the best ones are the ones where it is a quest and you start the game and you're in the middle of a quest. Uh, and you, you understand what you're doing and then you spend the entire time working towards that goal. And uh, this is the first one that I feel like really didn't have that. Well, this one in six don't really have that. It's like you're yeah. it's a, they're, it's a character piece and they're trying to introduce you to all these characters and fluff them out, which is cool. And that's what all the Final Fantasy games right. do. And those are good at. Uh, right. Um, at least the, the later ones. I mean, I was I was just thinking in my mind, you know, back to like Final Fantasy yeah. one where. You know, it's like you're, you're dudes and, you know, level up some swords and go, yeah. go get them. This one is very similar to Final Fantasy VI, where it's very much a uh, here's the world. Something's going on in this world. Gather up your posse. Something happens. Right. You gather that posse up again and see what happened to them in the meantime. And then you go fight the bad guy. So so did you play any of the different versions of this? Which version is it? That I'm you're playing, the, playing the PS4 here? version. Uh I, okay. I understand and, all the differences in in six or in six uh, switch version, but uh, uh-huh. none of them are appealing enough for me to go buy it again. <laughs> right? Does it have like a cross? Did they did they carry on that cross save? No, thing, no. Uh, one thing they brought no, over no. was they brought over the 3ds. The 3ds had this neat version where you could play it in like an old 2D Dragon Quest game, uh, so you didn't oh. have to play it in all 3D. I think the DS version, the way it worked was that the top screen would be the 3D graphics and the bottom screen was 2D. Mm -hmm. And then you hit a point in the story Mm -hmm. where you picked one and then you played the rest of the game like that. Ah, okay. And uh, production value aside from the art, music good, voice Uh, acting, are they doing any uh, of that now? Let's see, this one, there is voice acting. It's good. I I liked it. Uh, There's a character in it that I'll be interested now that it's getting a lot more people seem to be playing it now. Uh, There's a character who's Mm -hmm. kind of a, a gay stereotype. Uh, Sure, like the Japanese. Yeah, sort of, but he's a, probably probably runs a sauna. Uh, no, he's a he's a circus jester, uh, but he's also a really good character oh. in spite of the weird gay stereotype. And then, like they they oh, play into it enough that it it turns back around into being a positive. But it'll be really interesting to see all the think pieces that come out of that. When, so when did the Switch version? You know, I got to be honest. Uh, this must have flown by me the Switch version because I I mean the last I remember hearing about was you know the thing coming out in Japan. How how re- how 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 cutting edge are we this week? I, the I don't even know. Switch version. The demo came out in the U.S. last week, and it's like a fifteen hour demo. Ah, uh, well, yeah, oh, wow. So it's, it's significant. So you're, you're, I'm seeing a lot of folks on uh, on Twitter and and Reddit that are that are playing it, playing through it now, and it's it's. How about that? You know, it's it's a nicer version of the PS4 version. They put in the the nice music because the the music in the PS4 version is awful. It's genuinely hard to oh, listen no. to. Uh, Me, meaning meaning like synthetic yeah. music versus like yeah, real instruments. Or, oh, uh, wow. And 
normally the the no orchestration thing doesn't really bother me. I thought in uh, in eight when they used the orchestrated music, it didn't uh, loop very well, and that bothered me. Uh, but this, like the yeah. horns they use, are really nasty sounding, and they only have one battle scene oh, no. in over eighty hours. It gets real old. Uh, so I, wow. I'm I do wish that I had the better music in the PS4 version. But again, like it, it's not enough for me to go buy it again. They should just patch that stuff in, though. You just you think well i don't know i don't know so uh so so now wait here so so are you just so that i can understand so did you get to the very end and then so there's a point where they say hey you should go fight the last boss uh and then i got scared and i went and i did a bunch of side quests that i get the side quest trophy and now i'm sitting there waiting at this the like literally in front of the final dungeon uh is where i saved it so that i can go do that but it's one of those things where if i'm going to do that i want to make sure that uh the baby's in bed I got some time to myself for a couple hours so that yeah. I, can, I can do this. I can see the final cutscene. I can watch the credits roll and all that stuff and not have to worry about getting up or anything. So I, I'm waiting at that yeah. point. If, if, I mean, if you're, if you're going to hear that terrible, like, final, you know, because the music, you know, they're going to roll the credits and there's going to be some great, terrible, awful MIDI orchestrations for, oh, yeah. that, for that credit roll. So you got to make sure that you're you're settled in with a little you know, I want to hear tea. that uh, while I'm making a sandwich because I have starved myself for the past couple hours playing through this dungeon. <laughs> Oh no! So has uh, has it gotten any friendlier as far as like autosaves and stuff like that, like oh, yeah, quality of life improvements great. over the uh, series? It's actually funny because well, it's a PS4 game, so that I'm constantly uh, just putting my PS4 to sleep and loading back up. But yeah, also, right. uh, whenever I don't right. do that, like there was a power outage, and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to lose hours of progress because I don't know when the last time I saved it was, uh, and it'll auto save it. It just doesn't mm. let you know that it's auto saving it. So. It, it picked up. Oh, so we finally yeah, got our wish. It's weird because it's still where, where, it where still they does say the old style of like you go to the priest and you tell the priest you want to confess and then he writes it down or whatever. Right. They still do that. But if you forget to do that, it, it just goes, hey, this is where you were 10 minutes before. Yeah, that's good. That One of the things that is sort of hanging on from like the PS1 and 2 era is the is the thing that's like, you know, you save and then quit and then it's like are you sure you want to quit you're going to lose all your progress since the last time you may you may <laughs> lose the progress and it's like could you could you just tell me am i going to lose some yeah, progress yeah and it also still is the same so every time you save it'll be like do you want to keep playing and it's like yeah <laughs> i mean i don't there's no reason to quit out to the the title screen anymore <laughs> yeah 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 well it sounds like i mean it sounds like uh, competent overall i mean if you were gonna if you're gonna recommend to someone today so i'm assuming that there's probably like the switch to, do we know the price on this i mean i'm assuming it's yeah, gonna I'm be a 60 dollars yeah it's a it's a big game yeah, they, so they, what, do, they do do a lot to that do do they they did do a lot to it uh for the switch version it's it is the the superior version so if you're gonna play it really yeah, so if you're gonna play it play that one, one but if you're not it's only like 15 bucks for the the ps4 version yeah, see that's and then you can play it on the Vita that's and pretend that it's portable. That's what I do with everything. Yeah, I, yes, Sean, Sean. I know. You know, it's funny because I've, I've actually played a bunch of PSP lately uh, because ever since Sony dropped the PSP, it's become much more usable. Uh, and so I want to, I, I kind of want to hack my Vita to make it more usable, but I'm terrified I'll lose remote play because that's what I use it for 99 percent of the time. Mm, yeah, right. I, you know, uh, remember uh, that there was on the PSP. I was like, I love that you're playing the PSP. I've actually been thinking about going back to like Jean d'Arc and some of those you, some of those PSP games. I got to make sure you my things check still out. Work. There's a game uh, called uh, Seventh Dragon 2020 for the PSP. There's two of them. Uh, sequel to Seventh Dragon, which was on DS, and prequel to Seventh Dragon Third Code, or whatever the hell they called it on the 3DS. Uh, but the the two for right. the PSP, this this one guy translated them, did an amazing job. They they read really well, uh, and they're really good games. They're made by Reiko Kadama, who did uh, all the old Fantasy Star games. Uh, they they're. 
they're really good and they, they're uh they're cute but they're if they got a story they've got something to say it's like a but they're also yeah, serious. Well, it's it's a big message about how much Japan leans on the U.S. for military might, oh. which is with dragons a bit, which is weird. Uh, but it really worked. And, and right. uh, when I played it, I was like, oh, I can see why they didn't release this here because it's it's kind of almost an anti-American message here. Uh, but also, right. like, they did <laughs> such a good job with it and being like, look at these cute characters, and they're going to go fight these dragons. And also, the president is on the line. And he wants to nuke Japan. They're just trying to – it's propaganda. Yeah. They're just feeding you propaganda. It's funny that you mentioned the PSP and dragons because I want to I be straight up. I've been thinking about going back and playing Lair on the PS3 from my PSP oh, remote play. No, it's is not. Weird? Wait. PSP yeah. remote play. Can you do Lair? To- yeah. Yes, yes. So the thing is, the early PSP remote play, like it would play all the PS yeah, and, minis, and it would play all the PS. Yeah, because I was about to say the only thing I ever played on on that was uh, Front Mission Three. I played I played Metal Gear Solid on that, and when at the point where spoilers, you can't get the C four out of your backpack. There, were, you could not do the buttons on the <laughs> PSP. So I yeah, so I died like over and over again. But there were certain there were certain full games that you could and Lair. The dragon flying game on the PlayStation 3 was one of the games that you could was actually that, play. Was that PSP pre uh, patch play. where they actually let you use controller? Because I remember when Lair came out, those big things, you had to use the six axis motion stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually don't remember if that predated that or I want to say it was wow. from the very beginning. And so if you wanted some like button controls, you could do it from the PSP. I could be wrong about that. But anyway, it's just, it's just funny that you mentioned dragons and PSP because I was literally thinking like, ah, oh, the, the music to Lair is so good. I've I just never play Lair played Lair. I think I own Lair and I've never turned it on it has a great mm. musical score it has a great musical score that's worth it it's worth it just for that well that's great well dragon dragon quest uh is is cool again so i guess if you've got a switch and you are interested in some good old uh dragon questing uh yes. go check it out more than just smash kirkland <laughs> yeah right there you go there geez all right good segue uh so this week i am talking about a new game that just came out uh recently and uh it looked so charming i know it's been kind of floating around the airwaves for a little while because it's actually a crowdfunding game it's a kickstarter game uh that recently has come to fruition we have a few of those lately uh we we uh i believe dale talked about um bloodstained uh ritual of the night i think it was uh this is knights and bikes which is a uh, game that it's uh, I think it's called Balloon Sword is the name of the, is the name of the studio something like or Foam Sword Foam Sword Studio I think is the name of the is the name of the developer and um, it, I believe it is comprised of people who were formerly of the team that did Tearaway and who also had worked on Little Big Planet so there's some Media Molecule people oh, I would have, I would have guessed uh, uh, Costume Quest it really looks like Costume Quest y- yes so I'm glad that you mentioned that because it's actually being published by Double Fine and it seems like such a great game for them to publish. It is sort of right up their alley. Um, and what it what it basically is mechanically, it's it's not anything too complicated. It's basically a 2.5-ish D, um, essentially like an adventure light puzzle game with kind of story elements. Um, but it's super, super charming. And I know charming is one of those games we gotta get that out of the, you know, out of the vocabulary a little bit because it's kind of become <laughs> a little bit meaningless, right? But charming means that, that it has uh, child characters in it. Right, right exactly. <laughs> that, yes, well, there you go. That's exactly what's going on here. So uh the the character, the child characters in this particular game are uh, so the setting for this game, I guess. Let me just talk about that, is that it takes place in kind of a North Atlantic cold, sort of British Irish kind of kind of setting Um, and it sort of comes out that it that it's kind of in the 1980s but not in the 1980s like America 1980s it's mostly 1980s like stuff was kind of like you'd go out and make your own fun because 
you know, we didn't have cool technology and it was all imaginary and, and stuff like that. Um, so it's that kind of 80s. And this is that kind of 80s, like uh, when you set a movie in the 80s because you don't want cell phones to be the solution to whatever problem you, you Right, <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. So so it kind of takes place on an island that's that's terrible. Um, it, it takes on place on an island called, a, 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 you know, kind of a fictitious island called Penfersey Island, uh, which I love because it's very British sounding. Penfersey Island. Um, and, and it's just like this terrible little island. You get there by ferry and there's kind of nothing there except for a few um, inhabitants who basically kind of make their living off of the seasonal tourist trade. Uh, and and in this case, uh, there are two two kids, two girls. Uh, one of them is named Demelza and she lives on the island with her dad. And they run a they, they live in. So I'm going to use the British terminology. They live in caravans, which is basically a way to say RVs or, or trailers. Uh, and they, they basically maintain essentially a mini golf, a story based mini golf course that is for tourists. And it tells mm. tourists of the of the the history of Penfersey Island and the ancient medieval knights who came there and buried a treasure. And so people come to Penfersey Island to sort of sightsee and to kind of potentially hunt for this for this treasure so demelza and her dad kind of run this little mini golf course that, that kind of you know rides on the uh uh rides on this this mythical tale uh the second character that you play is nessa and she sort of begins on in, in the game on this in the story as sort of a stowaway on the ferry and she sort of shows up and you kind of get the feeling like she doesn't have a family she doesn't have a um, uh, you know, a home necessarily to speak of. She kind of, she's kind of looking for shelter. So she, she kind of represents sort of a Roma type character, kind of a, kind of a wandering sort of little vagabond kid. And, uh, and the two quickly become friends. And, and the cool thing in the 1980s, like, you know, when, when you, when people are like, oh, the 1980s and they're doing like synth wave music and stuff like that, that, that was not the 80s. In the 80s, <laughs> we rode bikes. Uh, is what we did and we rode bikes all true. around yeah and so knights and bikes that's essentially the confluence is the knights of penfersey island and bikes and these two characters who sort of become friends um D demelza you know you sort of learn about her her, her life you know her, her dad and, and her they're they're in financial trouble and they you know they're gonna have to vacate this golf course nessa is kind of just looking for adventure and kind of doesn't really have anyone of her own so the two kind of pair up and they go on this adventure of imagination uh demelza is very proud of her bike and and you know you so you kind of use that as a a method to sort of get around you can kind of trade off but eventually uh nessa gets her own bike as well but everything is sort of based on the fact that these two kids um, kind of are imagining the events of the the tale of the Penfersey Knights, but then there's also this curse that's involved, and it's accidentally let loose through a certain you know series of events, some hijinks. It involves some earthworms, a lot of worms on Penfersey Jim. Island. Yeah, yeah, Earthworm Jim, Earthworm Jim. Um, he's back. He's he's back and better than ever. Uh, and uh, and the thing is that it all is sort of in, encompassed in their imaginary. Um, kind of viewpoint of things that are going on. So it, it sort of leaves it to your imagination whether the curse is, is sort of real. Um, you know, there there are definitely things that are clearly imaginary. Like, um, you know, for example, Demelza talks about you know when you go through the mud, you'd have to be a hippo to get through there, and there's sort of like a dotted outline of a hippo, but it has antlers or something on it because she doesn't really. You know, she's a little kid. No, she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't know what a hippo looks like. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and and then, you know, you kind of traverse Penfersey Island and everything sort of looks kind of flat like Tearaway did, except it's mostly 2D. I'm looking at a picture of a pair of uh, pizza nights uh, and they are very flat, but they're very well shaded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it kind of has, I, I don't want to say that it's paper cutouts because I think that gives you more of a, uh, 
you know, more of a, a, a craft sort of feel to it than this is. This is mostly like just animated 2D flat, but it is almost kind of watercolor. I mean, the art actually is is really good. Um, the the dialogue is sort of fun and cute. The two can talk to each other. And, and this all actually can be entirely done co-op, which is actually how I've been playing it with our with our producer, Samantha. We've been uh, kind of doing the PlayStation 4 has its uh, share play thing where you can take any couch co-op game and make it into a an online sort of game. You can play also just network play with two people who have a copy of the game. Uh, but, um, you know, some of the dialogue, you know, back and forth between Nessa and Demelza, or if one person kind of goes and talks to someone, the dialogue may be a little bit different. And that seems um, to be, that seems to be a, a new problem I'm hearing a lot of with, with modern games is that when you, when you do a multiplayer story based game, uh, dialogue is becoming a real issue. I, I heard that a lot with that new Wolfenstein game is that you would, uh, go talk to somebody or have a cutscene start and then it wouldn't start at the same time for the other person and then the timing's off for the rest of the game yeah uh, yeah in this in this case it's all very low sort of low tech i guess so it all mm -hmm. there's you know there's no cutscenes. it all kind of takes place real time and everything it's not voiced at all either so um one of the added i don't know i would say it's kind of an added benefit is that you can read off your own dialogue if you want to and do cute voices and stuff and and it, every I, that's me i mean that's what i do you but would. i do oh. i do <laughs> And, uh, and and everything is very, very British. So, you know, one of the first things you get is Demelza gets her wellies is one of the first uh, one of the first items that you get. And it's basically her galoshes, her, her mud boots that she can go and you can stomp in puddles and that'll. So there are attacks also. So so Demelza gets these galoshes that you can splash around in puddles. She can kick with them there. You know, you you eventually do get some other attack weapons and stuff. And Nessa gets like Frisbees or something, flying discs, I guess. And you can throw those at people and you can even interact too. like you can actually throw one. And if Demelza kicks one, it'll kick it even even further and it'll electrify them and stuff like that. So there's there's kind of a little bit of a combat thing there. The, the gameplay doesn't ever really evolve a lot throughout the course of the game. Um, so mostly what you see at the beginning is kind of what you get. They do give you a few... Um, you know, just kind of a few little changes here and there is, you know, for example, the idea of upgrading your bike to be able to go through mud and unlock new areas and stuff. But but mechanically, you're, you're kind of mostly doing the, the same sorts of things. Um, overall, though, I actually really enjoy this uh, for kind of the the holistic aspect of it, just kind of the product of it. Um, the art is fun to look at the all the little imaginary things that the girls imagine as they, you know, w when they, for example, go to the the music store and there's kind of a 1980s punk rocker lady who runs the music shop and and, you know, kind of the things that they imagine and the little, you know, dotted outlines of things that they see. And, and again, yeah, just kind I'm, of the idea. I'm, uh, of, I'm actually looking at a picture right now of them imagining a giant dragon butt. Yes, yes, and and it's really cute, and the dialogue is snappy, and I, mean, I don't know uh, if and, I'd say it's a cute dragon, but it's it's kind of a kind of a fatty dragon, but yeah, it's got some junk in the trunk, <laughs> got some good old good old dragon junk. I mean, if that's what you're into, yeah, well, you know, you never know. It's the internet, um, but uh, I I just I I really you know I I have to say that even though I kind of am am approaching the comparison to Tearaway, but kind of backing off from it. I, I, you know, I'm, I can see that with the artwork and, and the ped pedigree. I can see why you, you, you're struggling with that. Cause it doesn't look like tear away, but quite. you can definitely see the, uh, the DNA there. 
Yeah. And when you see it in motion, it's, I mean, that's the first kind of comparison I think that you would naturally draw. And, uh, and so overall, I think it's, I think it's a great, cute little game. Uh, it's inexpensive, uh, 20 bucks. And if you have somebody that you want to play with either, either remotely or on your couch, uh, it's great for kids. You know, I, I've, uh, come, my, my children are a little, little bit older than Sean's. And so, um, just having them there to, uh, kind of experience this and, you know, they kind of start getting the cute little jokes and stuff. And I might explain one here and there. Um, and it just, it, it just really is. I mean, in the same way that you might look at something like Tearaway and say, you know, I don't know if that's for me, but then play it and it just knocks your socks off with its, with its particular, um, again, charm, I guess. Uh, Nights and Bikes, I think, uh, definitely goes that way. And there's a cute little story, a little touching story, you know, behind all of it. And, and there's friendship and there's, you know, bikes and stuff. And I, you know, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's definitely worth, uh, worth looking into. And, you know, even if, uh, you know, like, like I said, even if you play with somebody and if you've got a PlayStation four and you've got PS plus, you can do share play and I don't know, have you have your deadbeat friendship in 10 bucks and, and then it's only a $10 game. So you can ah, that that's too. the real reason. There you go. I there see. you go. Yeah. There Way you to go. be a deadbeat. Yep. Yep. So nice and bikes uh, is what I've been playing. I have not finished it yet. I, I would like to uh, get through it. I think it's anywhere between eight and 10 hours. I think it's, so it's not too, not too terribly long, but uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to the rest of that as well. And uh, I guess that'll do it for this episode of the Game Bite Show podcast. Nice and tidy when it's just, uh, when it's just Sean and me, it's, uh, you know, about, about 30 minutes. I think uh, depending on how quickly I do the outro, I think we'll, uh, think we'll hit it right on. You have so. to sing all of just the two of us, though. So that's going to, it's going to make it a little you longer. You and I. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, folks, uh, that is going to do it for this episode of the Game Bite Show podcast. Uh, if you would like to comment on the games that we've been playing, if you have anything to say about Knights and Bikes or Charm in video games, uh, if you are a fan of Akira Toriyama or, um, I don't know, Joe Hisaishi or, I don't know, anybody who does anything that, that style, uh, let us know about that. You can also tell us what you've been playing. You can reach us on Twitter at Game Bite Show collectively. You can also reach out to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. Sean, where can the people find you? I'm at Semi Fracky, so S E. S-E-M-I-F-R-A-K-I that's it that's the one Uh, you can also find our podcasting compatriots Legrand Jollies at Legrand L-E-G-R-A-N-D-E Dale Jones is at Count Elmdor and Jared Redidun is at R-E-D underscore I you can find Jared's work uh, and mine over at twitch.tv slash show where we're playing something every week Uh, I missed this past week I think I I saw Jared stream something for Memorial or for Labor Day but uh, I kind of missed it so whatever it was I know it was good and you like me can go check that out over at youtube.com slash show. check out our website game GameBiteShow.com, where you can find a back catalog of all of our podcasts. Lots of good stuff back there, as well as links to our Discord server. Come join us there and uh, maybe play something with us. And as always, I, I feel like it's our big draw. You know, we kind of let you know about the freebies and things that are going on. It looks like uh, they just had some new stuff go live over at the Epic Games store. So uh, come get notified and hang out with us there. And uh, as you all know, and Sean, as you know, we'll be back in uh, just a few days to talk to you at the top of the week about news and new releases and a special topic of discussion uh i want to thank again last topic uh, i loved sorry no i'm interrupting the outro but no please do it i like the book topic Oh, good, good. Yeah, and you know, we also invite, uh, as, as we have, uh, you know, some of our users will chime in with their answers to some of those questions as well. So, uh, yeah, if you have uh, anything that you'd like to comment, uh, Discord is probably the best place to get a little bit of interaction uh, about that as well. So, uh, that will do it for this episode. Sean, I want to thank you again for stepping in and uh, taking over some co-hosting duties. And uh, as always, sir, it is a pleasure. Yeah, anytime, anytime. 
and hopefully we'll uh, we'll get to talk to you again sometime soon. But uh, until the next time, folks, this has been your Game Bite Show podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.